2: The following podcast is a Dear
0: Media production.
2: Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work.
1: On our last episode of 2020, we're getting futuristic. And we're discussing 2021 workplace predictions and what we really think we can expect in work trends this coming year.
0: That's why on today's episode, we'll be discussing two things one, how the CC team is wrapping up 2020, and two, five of the most popular workplace trends and predictions for 2021 floating around the internet.
2: And now, this is the females.
0: Hi, guys. Welcome to the
2: last episode of 2020. I feel like everyone's probably just so thrilled that we're saying this is the last day of 2020, you know? Yeah. After this, it's all over. Yeah. Everything just snaps back into place after this. So so cool how that happens every year. Yeah. I love that. I do love a new year. Like I was... I always loved like a new school year or a new semester. And I guess, you know, obviously as an adult, you don't get that as much. Although I really do think adults would benefit from a fresh semester or quarter, like every three or four months, mm-hmm. you felt like you got a fresh start, you know? Absolutely. I think that should
0: be mandated.
2: <laughs> so there's here in my workplace uh, request for 2021. I want you know, a new start every three or four months. Like we can pick quarters or semesters. And I also want four day work weeks. Like I don't want this Mm -hmm. Friday work thing anymore. (laughs) And I'm sure, I'm sure if I got a petition out there, we could get a lot of signatures. All right. Listeners,
0: (laughs) do your thing. (laughs) Exactly. But
2: since we are, you know, so the Career Contessa office, in case you guys don't know, we close December 22nd. We come back basically January 4th. So (laughs) we basically subscribe to a holiday break like we're on a school schedule. But just curious, how are you spending your
0: holidays, which I know might seem like a silly question with COVID. But Aaliyah, we can start with you. I'm actually spending it with my family because we've just been here like for an extended period of time. And it happens to align with holidays, um, which I don't usually get normally because like, I mean, I just have like my parents and my brother that are here in the States. So everyone else is abroad and they usually are abroad. So this is like the first time that I'm able to just chill out and like hang with family. So I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm going to sleep a lot. (laughs) And it's like you're home from college, you know, it does. It really (laughs) does feel like that. And then I'm just going to pick up probably another creative pursuit because I'm going to have so much more time, which is like a day I get daytime. So it's endless. I know. I can't wait to hear
2: what you pick up.
0: (laughs) I'm like, guys, I've I've started writing a book. So (laughs) there you go. There you go. (laughs) Last weekend. Last weekend. So um, sounds like a joke, but (laughs) I'll probably be a published author by the time the I, I break yeah, ends. I
1: could fully see that, even though I, uh, yeah. I suspect you're joking, but you will.
0: I know. I literally will send you guys my work. I have... It still needs to be worked up a little bit, but... Is it fiction? I guarantee you. It's a collection of poems, short stories, and essays. So it's all comedic. So you know, well, his are not comedic, but my grandpa's 96. And you
2: guys know the famous line from my grandpa for the listeners is one time he sent me an email and it had Katy Perry in it. And he was like, she looks really interesting. Maybe you should have her on your website. And I was like, <laughs> <"Be-> <laughs> yeah, she's pretty interesting. Her. I don't think we're going to get her on the site, but He's one of those people who's been retired for like 40 plus years. So he's really into hobbies, like has been really perfecting them. And he has a book, of poetry that of all these poems he's been writing. And he's looking for someone to turn them into a book for him. And it's so sweet that, you know, Oh, I love that. So his are not, you know, comedy, I'm sure, comedic. But, you know, I just love that he's he's been asking me. He's like, how can I turn these into a book? (laughs) It's like it's like, uh, well, you know, it's kind of like like, looking
0: at you, person who has a
1: published book. (laughs) I know.
2: I know. I know. The problem is his are written down on pieces of paper. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. you have to start with that. But what about you, Kayleen? Oh, my uh,
1: (laughs) God. I I mean, mean, are you
2: getting you have an almost well kind of almost one year old, are you getting him like presents and doing the whole Santa thing? And yeah, you get to do relive
0: the (laughs) magic.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, so my plan is actually to, cause he doesn't, he doesn't know what's going on. So I was going to basically like rewrap all the things that he does have, all his toys. Mm Mm-hmm. And then say no, no, no! Don't touch this. And hopefully, like that is <laughs> the only way I could get him interested in things. Like the other is, day, if I, you tell I, him so not funny. to do it, yeah, basically. Like if the other day I took his blocks out, or that's like been my new go-to is to take a toy that he won't play with out, and like be like, "No, get away! I'm I'm playing with this," and then that's the way. <laughs> that's the way. I've and then he wants him. it. Yeah. Then he's like, "Oh, this, this you like this? I'm about it." Because all he cares about now is. The iPhone, obviously, Uh, which is horrible, (laughs) but only to bite on. It's not like screen time or anything yet. And um, Mm -hmm. the remote, he loves. So anything that like (laughs) we touch that he's not allowed to. So basically, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe I'll get him some remotes. Otherwise, everything else is just getting rewrapped and put under a tree for uh, (laughs) a. I could see.
2: The entertainment of like unwrapping something for him to like ripping the mm-hmm. paper off like that could keep him occupied for at yeah. least a couple
1: hours, maybe. Yeah, I'm <laughs> hoping I'm hoping we'll see. it's like but the yeah.
2: parents who like get these elaborate gifts and the kid is more interested in the box that it comes mm-hmm. in than the gift. And you're like, I'm so happy about you this gift. I could have just gotten a box from Amazon and put it on the floor. Yeah, but
1: I mean, Yes. And that's <laughs> like my family members obviously cuz they they want to get something for the baby cuz you know the baby's new and everything and I'm like I do not please no toys like I don't I don't want to live in like a toy dungeon basically. Yeah. For mm-hmm. as long as I can uh avoid that as long as I can, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's my plan. Um sleeping, keeping him alive cuz he's a <laughs> danger to him, like such a danger to himself. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh man. Yeah, I'm kind of doing the same. I mean, trying to. So for me, I'm kind of coming at it from the angle of like, this is my last holiday, quote unquote, break without having kids. So I'm trying to think of all the things I might want to get done. I don't know if you had this, (laughs) Keeling, too, but like, I'm like, oh my God, my time will never be mine again. So Mm -hmm. what are all the things I need to get done before she comes? obviously ordering some stuff. So she has like a bed to sleep in and like a changing table, whatever, but also just like on a personal level, like, do Mm. I want to go anywhere? Do I want to do anything? And it's really weird being pregnant during COVID because there's that feeling of like, can I not do this thing because of COVID or can I not do this thing because I'm pregnant? And the answer is usually a mix of both. And so... (laughs) I don't have any plans. I, and I'm really excited about it. I already canceled all the plans to see family for obvious reasons, which is like, you know, just what you have to do, I guess, to be a responsible person in 2020. But my present to myself is like, I really want to get a new office chair. And actually Kayleen, seeing your chair set up on Instagram last night made me think of this because I still have the, the chairs that we had in the career Contessa office and I know you guys can't see this, but they were like these $50 chairs off of Amazon. They look really good, but they're not comfortable and they slant. And every time I sit in it, Mm -hmm. I can, I like slip down. I'm like on a slope. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. my present to myself, and if the listeners have any really good chair recommendations, I want a good looking office chair. Like I want it to look nice, but I want it to be comfortable. And I really don't want to slope slip anymore. I'm tired of that you know? So this is like so 2020. I'm like, the gift to myself is a work from home item (laughs) that I will enjoy every time I I look at it. So anyway, workplace predictions and trends floating around for 2021. This was sort of one of those fun episodes we thought we would do. And we came up with or we found five of the most popular workplace predictions that were basically repeated on the internet over and over again. So up next, we'll, we'll talk about each of those and then just our thoughts on that. I want to take a quick break to talk about one trend I really hope to see in 2021. Companies caring for their employees, both near and far. Finding ways to keep employees engaged and customers happy is always a top priority for a business owner. But here's the thing. You don't need to reinvent the wheel to make your employees feel valued. I want to talk about one really amazing way that leaders can make their employees feel safe, seen, and cared for. I'm talking about Uber for business. You already trust Uber as a way to request rides and order meals from the restaurants you love. But did you know that Uber's platform is designed specifically for business? Over 160,000 companies use Uber for business, When we have a long planning meeting for the entire team here at Career Contessa, I like to use the Uber for business vouchers. I just add $20 to everybody's personal Uber accounts, and then they can order whatever they want delivered safely to their doors for the meeting. Want to impress new customers? Offer them a voucher for a free meal or ride when they make their first purchase or when they spend a certain amount. Any company can sign up for free and immediately start delivering extra value to the people who matter most to their business. Vouchers are simple to send and easy to redeem. You have total control over who gets them, when they expire, and what portion of the ride or meal you want to cover. Vouchers are shared via email or text and can be redeemed with a single tap. Best of all, you only pay for rides they take or meals they order. Right now, Uber for Business is offering companies a $50 voucher credit when you spend your first $200 with vouchers. Go to uber.com slash the females to learn more. One more time, that's uber.com slash so the females, so T H E and then females, F E M A I L S, for a $50 voucher credit. One more time, just because I know it's a little bit new, uber.com slash the females, T H E. F-E-M-A-I-L-S. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes. Join me every Monday for a new episode of my podcast, Recovering From Reality. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember
1: that you're not alone in your loneliness, I'm here to deliver intimate conversations and expert insights to empower you on the road towards authentic wellness. So are you ready to recover from reality?
0: Okay, so the first 2021 workplace prediction on our list comes from Finances Online, and it's all about employee wellness and increased attention that employers are giving to wellness and employee happiness. So examples include like on-site fitness, cafeterias or like healthy food options, childcare, mental health days. Or even team building events, especially I feel like when people are remote. And additionally, employees are demanding more from their employers when it comes to DEI. So like inclusivity and diversity and asking them to take a stand on social issues like racism, discrimination, harassment, ageism. I think the list unfortunately could go on. But I think there is just going to be an overall more attention to keeping employees well. Yeah. Because I think this year was so hard on so many people. And a lot of people realize, especially like essential workers, that if they are not well, then our whole like workforce in this country is just going to go downhill. Yeah. So I think and I hope that it does become a priority for many companies. Yeah. And I think now that people are virtual, companies
2: are trying to find ways to still support that. With the mental health especially, it's it's like – giving your employees flexible work schedules, or I think also just the fact that maybe it feels more okay to tell your boss today, like I'm really burnt Mm -hmm. out or the news has been really crippling for me this week. Like, I I just think there's maybe some cracks through doorways that were never open before, you know, when when Mm -hmm. it comes to those conversations, I do wish we would see more employers be providing things related to wellness, even if they're not providing it, maybe just like again, not having it be like this shameful thing, like people are working more too. Like there's a, there was a lot of research when we were looking for this episode about how people are also working longer hours. So I just, I think the employee wellness conversations here to stay. And when people go back to work, if they go back to an office, which that's a big if I guess, but, um, I think there will be even like the wellness conversation now is going to Morph into like a safety conversation too.
0: Mm-hmm. My fear with it is that it'll become more artificial. The idea of wellness and it'll become an image thing. It'll become like a oh, we have a meditation room, <laughs> but we don't offer health insurance. Right. It's like and and I feel like that is like a scary thing to be in because I don't know. It could be like this kind of show off contest. Yeah. Rather than are we checking in with employees and making sure everyone's truly okay and listening to what they have to say, um, which we'll get to later about contract workers. It might, I don't know if it'll balance out yeah. the kind of negative effects and positive. Yeah. You know, like
2: giving me outward looks, access to yeah. calm the meditation app for free mm-hmm. is great, but you know, it's better health insurance that you pay for,
0: you know yes. what I mean? Or yeah. I, or I'm able to leave at 5 PM or whatever. It's like, you, yeah. you, you won't be able to use all these resources if, I don't know. I just think that it'll really be up to, like, individual managers, unfortunately, to, like, make sure these things are actually being used and utilized. And checking in and asking the questions. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree. Do you think there'd be space in, like, larger uh, organizations for, like, basically a position that's around almost, like, HR for wellness? I wonder if that would be something that…
2: Yeah, I could that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Like uh like a chief wellness officer. Right. I bet that exists for yeah. some places, but but yes, to your point, I think anytime you start to add this stuff, companies will then at some point ask about the bottom line and like how this is impacting, like and ultimately at the end of the day, they want healthy workers. But I bet you a lot of companies are also want retention. So like mm-hmm. there's on to your point, Aaliyah, like I think there's always a flip side of this that isn't always maybe completely anchored in like we just want to do the best for humans right like companies Mm -hmm. can definitely have ulterior motives for stuff like when google started offering the cafeteria everyone thought that was great and then they realized that google was also creating an environment where people never leave work right so Mm -hmm. like yes to your point Kayleen I think absolutely and for big companies that will be totally possible for smaller companies probably not as possible just (laughs) for obvious (laughs) reasons but what a cool job too. Like if your job is to like make sure that people are taking advantage of the the wellness opportunities. I also mm-hmm. think Aliyah brings up a good point, which is like as long as the word wellness doesn't then get dragged into this, like, you know.
0: Yeah. It's the same as hiring a diversity inclusion expert and then not giving them resources mm-hmm. or not educating your employees or even making an actual culture that would sustain new ideas or, you know, inclusivity. So it's like, it depends. I could see it becoming a trending word in the workplace, Yeah, but we'll see if it actually works.
2: (laughs) So our second 2021 workplace prediction on the list comes from ladders.com. And they claim that flexible schedules are here to stay, which I mean... I'm sure all of us are rejoicing. So you guys Mm -hmm. have heard about hybrid workforces. So what their research found is that obviously right now most people are working on flexible schedules, but probably in the future what will happen is most people will work remote three or four days a week and maybe have some office time. They did a survey where it said that 60% of people said the biggest benefit of working from home is that they don't have to commute. 55% enjoy being able to dress more comfortably and not have to deal with the hair, makeup, shaving every day. And 50% like having more time to spend with their families. I also think that I read somewhere like just the amount of people who have moved in the last like Six to nine months. And I know we've talked about that on previous episodes, but people are starting to move to the suburbs and, you know, second tier cities. And that really does change your whole quality of life. If you're not commuting, if you can move to a place where you can get more bang for your buck, you're living in a less expensive area. Like so many people have been living in like very expensive urban areas because they have to. And obviously, we live in Los Angeles, so we're not immune to that conversation. So, I'm thrilled. I hope flexible schedules do stay. I think that any employer who's on the fence, like they've now tested this out and hopefully see the benefits of this. I'm just worried that like with all these trends, that this will be something that happens in 2021, but by 2022, everyone will be like back to the grind. Like I I, I don't think that's healthy, but more importantly, I, I do feel like Hybrid workplaces allow people to like it's like treating
0: people like humans a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that if there's a change in profit and expenses with flexible work for next year, then I totally see it continuing. Unfortunately, that's what the guiding force is for businesses, you know, who are forced into remote work. And then all of a sudden we're like, wait,
2: this is actually pretty good for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't have to have an, an expensive office space, I mean, hmm. They're also think of like the overhaul of like creating these work from home setups, whether it's some new technology so you guys can collaborate like it is. I mean, we know this with people, but like once you get them on a game plan, it's hard to like also get them onto a new game plan. Like everyone had the adrenaline rush to get on this new game plan in March and April. But who wants to change course right now? Probably not a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I saw like one of my friends actually just got a job working as the head of remote work at Facebook. Like it's a brand new position. She's an executive as the head of remote work. So that will also be future roles as well.
1: And our third 2021 workplace prediction on our list comes from Glassdoor. And it's that salary expectations will get a permanent work from home rehaul. Here's what that means for all of us. Um, well, specifically, the one thing I wanted to talk about is I feel like we've been talking a lot about big companies, especially ones that are HQ'd in like Silicon Valley in New York or uh, San Francisco. So, tech workers leaving expensive metros like San Francisco and New York could face pay adjustments of five to thirty percent, depending on where they move. Like decreases, mm-hmm. like they're going to get paid less. Li- uh, so, mm-hmm. I do know someone very close to me, but I don't want to say it because Google is a thing. (laughs) (laughs) And my name's pretty trackable, but um, this person works for a pretty big tech company. And I know that's something that's coming down the pipeline like very soon. And they don't know what the structure of it is yet. It's going to be really interesting to see how they work that out. And it's like, because it's like
0: prove you're where you're living. Yeah. Well, prove
1: where you're living, fake where you're living, or like what constitutes a place that's So say you live in San Francisco or Los Angeles, like your cost of living is going to be higher in San Francisco if your job had been there. But like if you move to LA, it's maybe a little less, but not that much. But then if you were to move from San Francisco, I don't know, to the middle of a state where you can rent something for, you know, $600 a month for a two bedroom, like what are the qualifiers going to be? So it's going to be really interesting to see how that works out.
2: I don't see that going over well. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I, I, and I
0: don't envy the person making those adjustments. E, yeah. I, yeah.
2: And you better have like pages and pages of data and proof of how you came up with those numbers because people are going to have questions. There's
1: like somewhere there's like a room somewhere like Facebook and Twitter and everywhere there's like a room of lawyers just like mm-hmm. going crazy over this, I'm sure.
2: Also... I get it. They were being paid. I guess the way they were coming up with their compensation to begin with was taking into account the cost of living for those expensive cities. So I don't think they're like completely wrong to say, well, if you move somewhere that's significantly cheaper, just like we were giving you more cash or a higher salary because of this, we should be able to you know take a second look at this i i just think this is one of those like you're going to have to handle care mm-hmm. because decreasing people's salaries it's it's just kind of one of those things where it's like you're always allowed to increase i don't know <laughs> what the rules are for decreasing without and like not for it being performance right not for it being related to like your job or a new project like just simply for
0: where you live it's also like i feel so tied to just the housing situation of cities Mm -hmm. because those change rapidly. I mean, look at Los Angeles. It's like if everyone, if all the people that are getting paid the highest leave and then who's left and then why is that city valued at a certain market rate now? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, it really is just depends on like actual policy in cities and stuff like that. So it might, I don't know. I know that you cannot implement in a year, but then what, Next year, what's the city going to look like? What's the housing prices in that site? Like, how are you going to reevaluate it? Is it even worth it to constantly adjust? Well,
2: and like also the question would be if you're working at one of those companies where you constantly evaluated every year for your salary based on the increase in rent in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm just like, I'm like, whoa, that is a can of worms that people are opening and people are going to have questions and you better think of everything before you st- you do it. Like the companies who do this first, like… I'm sure one of the big tech companies will let is like waiting for one of the other big tech companies to try it out first Mm -hmm. and see how Mm -hmm. it goes.
1: (laughs) That's definitely what's happening. It could be. I'm no economist, obviously, but uh, it could be interesting way for those companies to like redistribute wealth through like the basically the entire country. Mm -hmm. or like world technically. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just very interesting though.
0: Our fourth 2021 workplace prediction on our list comes from USA Today, and they predict that the future will focus more on temp and project-based jobs versus long-term employment, which I think sounds pretty familiar to pretty much any millennial who's worked. (laughs) While companies hype up like this flexibility of contract work, for potential employees, it is most definitely a way for them to cut costs at a company, especially during this pandemic. A lot of full-time employees were laid off and often replaced and rehired with contract workers. So employers do not feel obligated to provide like healthcare, vacation time, or other benefits to contract workers, which is a pretty concerning thing in the U.S. And so like I said, there was an increase in contract work during the pandemic because people just didn't know what their budgets were going to be for the rest of the year. So the positive news is that businesses were able to hire again after not being able to or being shut down, although the typical contract, according to USA Today, was three to six months. And nearly a third of U.S. companies plan to replace at least some departed full-time employees with contract workers, according to a recent Gardner survey. So, this is yeah. going to be like a huge shift. And it's, I, I personally think it's like a dangerous one too, because this kind of goes hand in hand with the wellness thing where it's like, we'll label contract work as this flexible thing. Project you get to base. use our gym. Yeah. You get to have our kombucha when you're in the office for three months. But like, God forbid you break a leg or something. It's like, <laughs> yeah, what do you do? You know? Yeah. The other thing I know we've had some people. DM
2: us and email us about this because the question is I'm getting unemployment right now if I take this then I don't get unemployment mm-hmm. and so there's also this like it ends up leading people down to wondering what's the best choice because yeah maybe it isn't actually the best choice maybe it's a better choice to continue to look for the full-time job that gives you a little bit more stability so I, I agree I think this is being packaged up as a really great thing and I'm not saying look project or contract work might be better than no work at all, obviously, Mm -hmm. during the pandemic. But the goal usually is that you do that and then you lead into full-time work. I think companies should really, I think, take the viewpoint of like hire smart, capable people who can do lots of different projects and do lots of different tasks, but they're full-time employees. Like Mm -hmm. There should be loyalty on both sides. Like You should treat them well and the employees should be treating the employer well. And I think there needs to be like more of this mutual side. I think the the thing for me, I feel like we're seeing a lot in the pandemic is that employers all of a sudden have this like upper hand. And this is like mm-hmm. a nasty power trip. I've heard so many like weird manipulative things in interviews, this kind of stuff, like not willing to give people or like being weird with the offers of letters or like asking them to do too much work in an interview process. So like this is, I agree with you, Leah. I'm concerned about this like kind of power trip dynamic that's mm-hmm. not going to be great for all of us, you know?
1: It felt like employees had the upper hand for like three months and then it <laughs> was like, nope, sorry. Yeah. I So yeah. I have a friend that She was she's been out of work and she got this opportunity and she interviewed for it and they like drug her along the interview process. They like didn't talk to her for two weeks. They did a background check on her, which I I don't know. I guess a lot of companies do that. I, I just have never had one. And we're in Los Angeles and right now we're in the middle of like a major lockdown and they want her in the office, and without, like, describing the function of her job, she does not need to be in an office.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: they're t- totally taking advantage of the fact that, like, they know that people are back in a place where they're desperate. So it means you just end up, like, signing up for this job that you, like, know is in a... I think I think that if, if the function of your job doesn't require you to be in an office right now or over, like, the next two years, I f- feel like that's my new number one red flag of, like, a place that's mm-hmm. like run by either a micromanager or someone that just wants to like wield their power or something. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, and I, I kind of was like, I get it because I would do the same thing if I were her, I would take the job, but it's just, I know it's going to be, I know it's going to be bad. And I it's just like yeah, super bums me out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't <sighs> like that. I think that this is actually a moment for the employers who want to like step up to the plate and be like amazing people. If they step up to the plate during this time and they basically don't do the things you just said, Kayleen, I feel like they're going to hire amazing people. And those people will love working there and do their Mm -hmm. best, you know, like they won't want to leave. And and I just wish employers could like, it's like looking at the big picture versus the picture right in front of you. And it's like, take a big picture viewpoint on this, like, but You do what you want to do. You know, Mm -hmm. I just I think for employers like this is that's like a huge missed opportunity to to (laughs) actually be great. So. All right. Our fifth 2021 workplace prediction on our list comes from LinkedIn and it's that mothers will continue to face workplace setbacks. Unfortunately, recent studies report that 1.6 million women have left the workforce due to home and family care, the closure of schools, daycare centers, inflexibility of employers, the lack of partners helping with household chores and caregiving, and just really an overall lack of policies have contributed to this number. That's why almost two thirds of women are planning a major career change post COVID-19 and 25% are considering downshifting their careers or leaving the workforce entirely. You know, there are some companies that are trying to help and and provide support. So I'll just give some examples of the good ones. Ernst Young has provided discounted tutoring and 24 access to caregiving. HP is offering support groups for parents and Bank of America is giving limitless reimbursements of up to $100 each day to pay for childcare. My first comment is Bake of America must have no idea how much childcare costs, but whatever. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, as someone who's about to become a mom, we have moms on our team. I, I'm just so heartbroken by this data. And I, I feel like working parents everywhere are screaming that we need help and we need policies and it's like falling on deaf ears, you know?
0: Mm hmm. It's like, all of a sudden, I'm like, dang, is 2021 going to be good or worse? Like, Because we were like, okay, it's over 2020. And then <laughs> all of our predictions are like, but this is good. I mean, there's good. like, <laughs> flexible work is good.
2: But I think- That's true. That's I, true. You're right. We're ending on like a really negative point. But maybe that's like, we need to set these expectations of like, we're mm-hmm. all so excited for the fresh start. But what has happened in 2020 is like, it's accelerated a lot of issues that now need to be addressed and how are they going to be addressed? It's tricky. There is no one size fit all formula. And until some stuff finds a new pattern, like daycares or safety, like schools or whatever, the working parents are really struggling. And this isn't like, Mm -hmm. the other thing about this is like, it's not necessarily new that working moms have really struggled and had this like Uh aha moment where they've said, like, do I need to downshift my career in order to do like that's not necessarily new. It's the fact that like there's no option for help. Like it's not like there's other like so that's the part that scares me is like nothing makes you panic more than feeling like you're stuck and you don't have any options either, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like with this prediction and the other ones we mentioned double down on the idea that if you are a manager or an employer or have like a leadership position, like this is your year to just like advocate for the people who are working on your team and working for you. Because that is like such an amazing privilege to have if you are able to enact, you know, even a small change, even like it'll be life changing small policy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like empathy, I hope will like increase next year because people have lived like everyone work from home with their kids or whatever, or like mm-hmm. how to balance it. So Agreed. hopefully there's more of an empathy. It's not just like the boss at home. All right. So to recap these workplace predictions,
2: number one, employers will pay more attention to employee wellness. Number two, flex and remote work are here to stay. Number three, salary expectations are going to get a work from home overhaul. Number four, grit ready for more temp and project-based employment listings. And number five, mothers will continue to face setbacks. And number six from the CC team is that we just hope empathy becomes a driver and really persistent among companies and the managers and even the employees. I think that would be a really good thing to see more of in 2021. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you'd like to support our show, we'd love if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. It helps us so, so much.
0: If you're looking to keep your skills sharp for the future, don't forget that we offer online courses at Career Contessa, and we've recently created one perfect for the future of work called Remote Control, How to Enact Successful Virtual Collaboration. When you enroll in remote control, you'll get lifetime access to video tutorials, an interactive workbook, including templates like the one we have for launching and managing a project virtually with your team, expert advice, and more. You can learn more about the course via the link in our show notes or go to careercontessa.com courses.
1: And lastly, we're wishing you all a happy and healthy new year. To make sure your year starts off on the right track, we're not missing a beat or an episode so you can expect another new episode from us next Tuesday, January 5th, 2021.